I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, guys, I have good news and bad news. I'm going to tell you the bad news first. So the bad news is that this is officially the season finale of... Working Hard, Hardly Working podcast, season one. Thanks for joining in. And the good news is that we have the one and the only... That was a drum roll. Um, Tolly T from the Receipts podcast here to talk about her writing, her life as an editor, as a podcaster, as a producer, as pretty much everything that anyone talented could really do. And I'm such a big fan of Tolly. While Talani is best known for hosting the receipts, she has established herself as a trusted voice that resonates with millennial women on and off the mic. A former beauty editor for BuzzFeed UK, Talani's credits include Elle, The Independent and Refinery29. Her breadth as a creative is undeniable as a one-time playwright for The Young Vic, with commissioned monologues under her belt and TV credits including hit Netflix series Top Boy. I cannot tell you how excited I am to be chatting with Talani today, and you will hear just how eclectic her working journey has been. As always, please share with your friends, share on your story, rate on the Apple Podcasts app or wherever you listen to this, and get the word out there, and... Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to the first season of Working Hard, Hardly Working. Who knows, might be the only season if you hate it. Um, It has been such a great journey and I've really, really loved it. Enjoy. Hello, Tolly, how are you? Hey, my love. I'm so good, thank you. Very excited to be here. I am i can't tell you how excited I am to have you. I, I live in a house of, like, very big Receipts fans as well, so I'm like, I'm just going upstairs to talk to Tolly. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. <laughs> me and Tolly just going to FaceTime. Yeah, the chat. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys, just the regular, you know. You know me on my Thursday afternoons. So I hi to the hunt for me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, we're going to go straight into some quick-fire questions on working hard, get to know a bit more about you, what your work's like. So, number one reading or podcasts oh reading time blocking or winging it oh winging it (laughs) um next one more or less than eight hours sleep right okay so I get less Mm. but I nap I'm a napper I'll be honest with you oh I love a nap (laughs) I'll just do a little sleep yeah but it's really bad because it's never like a power nap so it's never like oh oh, 45 minutes (laughs) I sleep like sometimes I'll wake up at like eight o'clock like oh no oh yeah that's not like what have I done (laughs) I know so I literally try to do I try to like book all of my meetings in the morning just in case the nap like overruns yeah that's fair I do the opposite I book my meetings in the afternoon to give myself the morning because I just know that after meetings I'm not getting back into it um but anyway we'll talk about all of these things (laughs) <laughs> office or working from home do you know what office yeah i agree early bird or yeah. night owl yeah definitely office oh night owl for sure 
Do you write? Do you write through the night? Even though I wake up early, yes. I literally, I was just talking to um, Ben, your producer, earlier. I was, I can't write during the day. I, there's too many distractions. There's other things that feels like I need to be done. Mm. I feel the need to reply to everybody. But at night time, I just, I, it's like I come alive. I come alive in the night time. <laughs> and I'm just like, on it. The night <laughs> like, <laughs> I come alive in the night. I'm literally just on it. And like, I feel like more ideas. Do you know, um, I think it's been from uni, always doing things like the night before. Yeah. And I think I'm just used to I it. I used to love essays overnight at uni. And now I feel like I can't work like that because I feel like that's the only thing that means that I can't maintain social life and work if my work like drifts into the evening and so I like I'm like yeah. really rigid but I do feel like I'm actually probably more creative especially because your brain's been like running for the day so like first thing in the morning yeah. what's it gonna do think about your billow yeah exa- exactly <laughs> it's just not very helpful is it so yeah first things first your bio is incredible I and many others know you from the receipts and you know I'm a huge fan um but <laughs> as well as kind of being the nation's best friend you are an incredibly multi-talented writer content creator storyteller producer creative I'd love to know kind of how you molded your career to encapsulate all of these talents and, and roles you wanted to play. So like I was quite lucky to have figured out what I wanted to do from early and then craft my education to go alongside that. So I went to, when I went to college, I did like sociology, media. I was, I was going to say psychology, but I got a biggest U in psychology. <laughs> like, it's the thought that counts oh my god and I did English and the thing is like I've never I've always been naturally smart I never really had to like study mm. that hard but A-levels were like no honey I found they A-levels they really knock you for six oh don't they oh my god A-levels I found them so hard they're just so like oh hard. GCSE is like cool hard you've got to work all of that and then you go to A-levels and they're like we're gonna make you feel awful I remember getting my AS results and I was like I'm an idiot and it was the first time oh, ever no. <laughs> I'm an idiot. I never got anything less than a C in my life sort of thing. So I remember I failed like mm. psychology. I got a massive U in that. But I, I did sociology, media and English. So I was like, okay, cool. That's still fine. We're still on track. We're still on track. I remember getting my A-level results and I got a BBC. And I was like, this is it. This is this. I know it sounds ridiculous. I was like, this means I'm meant to work for the BBC. <laughs> God is so amazing. Look at how he's giving me this sign. I'm going to work for the BBC. <laughs> Great news. It's, it's all figured out. And then I went to uni and I did like media and communications. I went to Bruno University and I did a sandwich course. So with a sandwich course, you could take like six months out of your second year and your last year to go do a work experience. And I was like, oh, good. Because obviously when you work in the media, you're very aware of how experience is needed. Yeah. I always got toast. It's my first two weeks at Sugar Magazine that make sure you get work experience, make sure you get work experience, make sure you get work experience. I was like, cool, I'll get loads of work experience. And then before that, so it was weird because Brunel was the only place that was just media and communications. At every other university I applied for was to do broadcast journalism. I was like, I'm going to be a broadcast mm. journalist. So like, I'm going to be on telly, I'm going to read the news, I'm going to like be a present, like that kind of vibe. And um, I remember like my boyfriend at the time was like, why would you do broadcast journalism? Your voice is so annoying. <laughs> literally he was like your voice is so true it was like nobody would ever <laughs> just sweet nothing it was like no one's ever gonna want to listen to your voice and I was like you know what fair point you're right my voice is annoying but I wonder how he feels now I, 
hopefully like a massive knob because also he probably has to listen to your voice when he doesn't want to he's probably minding his own business i know listening to something on spotify and then suddenly up, it's like, like hey should go tell tea. Tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and he's like well, go for god's sake get lost <laughs> like literally i hope he feels like a massive knob and i was like yeah you're right i'm not gonna do that then i'm gonna write so i was just i didn't mean any communications so i said to complete my six months um, so i did another three months at a place called um deviate random right so i'll tell you about dva at the time i was looking after uh two rappers so gets as he's known now but then he was called ghetto yeah. his okay. name was actually ghetto but now he's gets so i was looking after ghetto and i was looking after devlin which is like a rapper from dagenham which is where i'm from and i was like i was there i did the three months there but i was like oh there's no way i'm working in the music industry again it was just like i was like i wasn't the star i was like why am i not the star <laughs> Like I had to be you get you manage me. <laughs> like what is going on here? Why do I have to see where Devlin is? Why do I have to see where Ghetto is? Why can't I even check where I am? Like what is happening? So I decided that I was like, yeah, no, this is not for me either, sort of thing. But it was a really, really good experience. Like really, really good experience. And then went back to uni. And then my last placement, I worked in a magazine, like as a publisher. So I was a publisher's assistant at there. Again, I'm trying out all these different things in the media to figure out what it is exactly that I want to do. Um, so I was a publisher's assistant there. And I remember, so downstairs was the publishing and upstairs was all the editors. Of course, that was my goal. So I remember one time making a cup of tea and an editor of a magazine was having a conversation that had nothing to do with me. And she was saying how she needed a taxidermy for a shoot. She was like, oh, seven, <laughs> and you said, so I random. have loads of so random. No, literally, and I was like, well, <laughs> this is it. I literally, in my head, I don't know if I thought I was on the hills or something. I was like, I'm going to get her a taxidermy. I don't care what fucking happens. She's going to get a taxidermy. It's going to be for me. So, like, she after will the, get a <laughs> She will get her taxidermy. So, literally, the whole, I don't even, before that, just, I didn't know what a taxidermy was. I was just like, I'm just going to search it. Right, yeah. I'll find it. Sure. Um, Google, so, Google, I spent Google. the, I didn't go home. Everyone went home at five. I didn't go home till about seven, eight o'clock, like calling up different areas, trying to like, nobody asked me to do this, by the way. But so I was like calling up different areas, trying to figure out how to find a taxi journey. So I found one. So I put a little post-it note, put the number, put the details and put it on her desk and be like, yeah. And it was me that did it sort of thing. And the next day she kind of came downstairs and she was like, I want you to work for me. Like you can be my ed's assistant. Like you, like, I don't want you to like, come and be an editorial assistant so it was like perfect so it was for a magazine called fancy magazine and um which was a magazine for a nut a shop selling nuts it's called julian graves it's now shut down of course because who needs a shop that just sells nuts um <laughs> like who needs that <laughs> so like she gave me a page to write and the page is always just like writing about like nuts and that's all i wrote about like i'd pick a nut a month <laughs> and i write about this nut and then i used to get to go on photo shoots and then i started like taking pictures of like sweets and nuts sorry what photo shoots were taking i i beg your pardon the, like celebrity nuts we had fun covers every every month well every like other month and we used to take it was cakes and nuts and you know mm. just bunny rabbits it was, it, it was just <laughs> random but it, it threw me into this world where i met like loads of chefs yeah and like knew loads about food and would go to like chefs houses to like yeah it, it was just really really random but anyway so when um that closed evidently <laughs> so that magazine closed and then um the editor julia Shaw, i love her to bits really random she reached out to me recently and i was like so happy about it because like she was so amazing to me the whole time she was there like i was like I was like, I look at her little daughter, honestly. She had three boys and, like, who are, like, just lights. as like, 
yeah, we just really got on. So anyway, that magazine closed and she got another job um, on another magazine called Life and Living. So Life and Living was for the over 70s. So I did that for a while. And then, of course, that magazine stopped. <laughs> Who would have thought it? A magazine for the over 70s didn't do that well. Um, so when that stopped, um, luckily, in the same publisher house, another editor, there was starting another magazine, which was um, Pro Hair and Beauty. So I did the interview. And again, I was so lucky to work with Sophie West. This was now. Sophie was absolutely amazing to me. Like, so anyway, that magazine kicks off now. And eventually, they offered me a role to do three days a week. So I was like, okay, quit your job at ten ten day. Like, you know, go like mm. be committed and just at whilst you're doing this two day a week, look for other full time writers gigs as well. Yeah. So I was at Pro Hair Beauty for a while until I became actually a full time employee there. And all this time it's like the world is world in and magazines are going to shit. Like nobody's yeah. buying magazines anymore. I remember um company magazine went under and I was like, Whoa, that is a big name. That's yeah. a big that's a big name to go. So I started being like, I need to get out of print. I was like, I need to get out of print. I need to go online. Everything was online. Everything was online. Mm. But I was getting nose left hand at centre. And at this point, I'm still applying to work at the BBC because I thought it was my life's goal. Never got an answer. Yeah, Never course. got a job at BBC, of course. Um, so I got a job at Say Feminine, which sounds like a tampon dad. But it was um, <laughs> it was an online website, which was a partnership from another French company, which was called Oufemina. So we were at like, a UK branch. I was there for, I think, exactly a year. And I remember my friend, just before my friend had sent me, this, um, BuzzFeed were doing an internship. Mm-hmm. And she sent me this thing. She was like, I think you'd be great for this. You should apply for it. And I was seeing it. And I was like, I'm not interning anymore. Yeah. Because at this point, I'm 25. And remember, my first internship is at 14. I've been interning for about 10 years now. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? In and out, doing bits. And I was like, I refuse. I'm not interning anymore. I felt like at this point, I, I have grafted. Mm-hmm. I've done my part. I deserve a full-time or somewhere that didn't start with an internship. Like, I just, just, I just was just like, I'm not interning anymore. So I didn't apply for the internship. But a, a month later, a role came up, which was the, um, a beauty writer. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to apply for that. So I did this, like, applied for it. It was the longest process to get a job I've ever gone through in my life. They love to do that, had, don't like, they? Four different oh my god I had like four different interviews one with someone in america I had to write four different posts to go online and did it do one face to face and after the face to face one do another phone one i was like oh <laughs> my god i remember like three years at this, like literally just to get a job there and like it was so bad because the buzzfeed office and my office where i was actually working was a five minute walk from each other if that so if i had an interview i'd be like i hope no one comes out of the same station and sees me coming out of this station and not going to work but going to my bus food interview yeah oh of course so i'd like sneak in interviews at lunch times i'll sneak in interviews like just before i'd be like hey i'm finding a bit late the trains are like delayed they're not delayed i'm going for an interview <laughs> so i was like doing all of that just to like, get the job <laughs> so i got the job so i left so feminine and yeah i worked at buzzfeed for about two and a half years if not a bit more i think just under three years and then i got bored mm-hmm. and at this point during this a podcast has started i started in the podcast as yeah, just something to do on the side as well. I didn't. I don't think I thought for a second it would be this now. And then I just got bored, and I was like, in my head, I kept thinking, what would a podcast look like if someone was on it full time? Like, mm-hmm. just kept repeating in my head. I was like, how much bigger can this get if I really focused on this? How much bigger can this get if I really focused on this? And then I think Buzzfeed were doing um, redundancies. Now, this is the first time in my career I'd ever gone through a redundancy, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. 
It was the weirdest time working in an office in my life. But like, and I, it was such a big lesson for me in fear. Yeah. And how fear can, sure. I, I was just so scared. I felt like I wasn't ready yet. I was so scared. But literally a month later, I made a decision to be like, okay, I'm out. Mm. And I left. <laughs> Not having the fuggiest what I was going to do. Uh, like, I'll be honest with you. I thought I'll give a couple of months max, but then I'd, but I'd saved as well. So I'd, yeah. I've got a fuck off fund, yeah. which I talk about often, which is just like a box of money that you put somewhere in case any you need to get the fuck out of any situation. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, cool. I've got enough money here that if I don't earn a single penny in three months, yeah. I'll be fine. You'll be okay. So I was just like, okay, cool do that. that that'll be my marker for three months blah, blah, blah. and then i'm like pitching to do like to write for places i remember my first thing i did was for <laughs> i pitched for this piece and it was for an essay and it got accepted and i was like yeah i'm gonna get some big money now and they paid me 50 quid <laughs> for an essay as well <laughs> that's a lot grace do you know how long it's not even one it of those slideshows you can quick click through in like 25 slides about no 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 oh no 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 it was nothing like what i used to do at buzzfeed <laughs> it wasn't like it was a proper article with thoughts and opinions and citations it was for the independent and i was like brilliant i'm gonna get they paid me 50 quid and i was like i can't live off being a freelancer I was like, yeah. this is imp- possible like and then i started calculating how many pitches i need to do every week or every month to make up to a certain amount of pay and i was like no that's that's insane there's no way. essays yeah i can I imagine could, I did, that would have been literally yeah so there's no way i can live like this i started applying for full-time jobs doing interviews but yet like i remember i got offered a full-time job mm. i got offered a really good job and i was like don't take it my head just kept saying don't take it where was the full-time job and again i'm like um it was for a television company actually to be the, mm. the, the social media person okay and I, w- I was just like, I remember declining it. And like one part of me was like, who do you think you are? <laughs> like, You're like, I'm telling who do you, actually, like, <laughs> who do you actually think you are? Like, you are declining a full time paid well job. And there was time I was like, no, nah, just wait, mm. just wait. And I don't know what it is. I mean, like, I'm a Christian. So I'm just like, even my man, I was like, is, was it God? We're just like, just, just wait, wait me, wait me. Something's going to, something's going to kick off. So I'm still like, I'm hustling now, doing bits and bobs. And then I get the opportunity to do the thing for Netflix for Top Boy. Yeah. Um, so I'd been working for this marketing campaign for a completely different campaign. My time had been done with them. It was time to finish, wrap up, go home. But then they were like, hey, we've got this pitch. Do you want to be a part of it? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then it, I didn't realize at the time it was Top Boy, it was Netflix and that happened and it was insane. That is so mad. So, and then around this point, like literally insane. And this point, I'd got a DM from some random lady being like, hey, have you got anyone looking after you for writing? And I was like, what the hell is she on about? Generally, <laughs> no, I'm like, not even looking after, after myself. For writing. <laughs> <laughs> I, mate, I'm not looking after myself. If you think I'm going to share my 50 quid earnings with you, you've got another thing coming. Like, <laughs> you don't even want this. Just about making money. Yeah, just about making money writing about looking after me. And I've got a friend who's another writer. She's very successful. She's wrote amazing TV shows. Um, she messaged me, Rachel Delahaye, which I love her to bits. And she was like, Han, um, Kat has been trying to DM you about looking after you. She was like, ever since I joined um, the agency, my like pay has tripled. My money has tripled. I was like, well, I guess I'm joining. <laughs> I was like, reply back. It's I could get deal. 150. Yep, I could get 150 at this point. I was getting 50 quid. I could get 150 quid. So I messaged her. I was like, hey, yeah, sure, let's meet. So like, I meet her for like lunch or something, and she talks about like wanting to be my agent. And again, at this point, I didn't know what 
it was her to have an agent. I didn't even think I wasn't an actress or anything like mm-hmm. that. I didn't think having an agent was something that was like possible or please, please um, yeah, that I could get. And like I'd always enjoyed writing. I wrote a lot for my work. And also like when I was younger I used to have like a thing where I'd write made up stories. But it would basically be what happened at school, but I'll change your names. And just be, I think, I, and I was writing a script, but it wasn't really a script. Mm-hmm. I just thought, I didn't realise it was a script at the time. I was just writing sort of thing. But I'd always been interested in television. I love television. I watch mm-hmm. it a lot. Like, I've always wanted to write my own TV show sort of thing. So she's like, yeah, like, we can work together. We can make things like that happen. So she, I get an agent now and she, like, looks after me. And I'm meeting up with producers, like, Did just your earnings have a triple? chat, see what's possible. I remember, um, you know what? More than if we're considering really? the fifty quid, yeah, it did actually, guys. <laughs> it, it really did. It, it was up. So it was pleased. up from there. So I really needed that. Like, <laughs> to that, just on edge. It like. worked. It worked. So then I just started doing more writing stuff for like the theatre. God, this has been the longest story ever. So yeah, I started doing more theatre writing and just different types of like writing and just like seeing where the skills I already had could be like passed out and even in terms of being a producer and stuff that was something I learned out of necessity we had a podcast we didn't have any money to pay anyone Mm. to that produce it so I was like okay I'm gonna learn but I think as well a huge part of like the whole story of it is it's so clear that you weren't afraid to take opportunities and also more importantly I think not take some opportunities that actually just didn't feel right and obviously that's not a luxury that like people you always have or whatever, but actually being able to know when you want to, know when it's not what you want to do, I think is just as important as well. Because that's, I mean, when you look at your like bio now, it kind of, you know, you've shaped a career around your talents and you've been able to have your personal brand and you've made it what you want it to be. And so many people could look at that and think like, oh God, well, it's because of this and this and this. And actually, it's a much longer journey, but it's oh, an accumulation of saying yes to the right opportunities and no yep. to the wrong ones, or sometimes yes to the wrong ones and then realising down the line. And yep. actually, I mean, I think it's very, I mean, it's very reassuring as well, because like, you've done so well, that actually being able to know that it doesn't need to always be as well about like, I'm going to do this in five years and this in 10 years or whatever. And of course, you've been intentional about that yep. as well. But I think that, you know, we're always sold the story of like, you need to plan this and then you need to go for this and then do this. And actually, sometimes it's about just being like, okay, fuck it, I will take that. No, no, definitely. Sometimes it definitely is that as well. And as much as that, like, I try to plan things. I try to be like, here's, okay, here's who I'm going to be and here's how how I want to be. I just realise that sometimes life just happens and you just take opportunities. Mm. And also sometimes, like, Every time I often get asked the question like, oh, what would you tell 15-year-old you? And I'd be like, dream bigger. Because sometimes in planning things, I felt really small. I dreamt really small. My plans were always really small. Because to plan bigger, like the life I live now, it wasn't in my wildest dreams. How could I have yeah. planned for something I'd never seen? So to try to have stuck to a plan would have been like, I would have just carried on just being a journalist because that would have was the plan. And that would have been where the dream mm. was capped sort of thing. And then even when it comes to like knowing what to say yes and I've said yes to some things that I was like god I wish I didn't do this and it's mm. like it's it's the why you're doing it you're like why did I say yes to this like I hate myself right now why am I doing this and like so because of that I've that decided that like I have certain questions I ask myself before I say mm. yes to stuff what like, are those questions all right okay let me see if I can remember it all it's kind of like what are you doing it for <laughs> like what are you actually doing this for like what is it for and Mm -hmm. sometimes the answer is the check the bag like sometimes Mm -hmm. the answer is just as simple as that you're doing it for the money 
or you're doing it for to be in this room or you're doing it for this experience or you that so what are you doing it for um what is it going to help you towards is it helping you towards the bigger picture like okay so let's say one day i want to be have a tv show that's the world's best tv show ever would writing something from the theater going to help you towards that yes it will of course they say yes to it yeah what mm-hmm. are you trying to prove? What are you trying to prove, hun? It's just, just so you can be like, oh, look, I'm working with this brand. What what are you trying to prove by saying yes to this thing? And the last one is what do you have to lose? Yeah, my last one's always what do you have to lose? Can this mess up things for you? Yeah, no, absolutely. And also because taking too many opportunities or, yeah, and like spreading yourself too thin or not being yeah. necessarily sure on those opportunities or whatever can also fuck it up too. It's not as yeah, easy as ex- always exactly. like, yes to the right ones and no yeah. to the wrong ones. Yeah, definitely. Like sometimes there are too many right ones at once and you'd fuck it up if you take all of them too. Yep. So I think that's, I mean, I think that's very, very valid. And for people kind of who wanted to, or who are wanting to mould their career kind of as you've done, what advice would you give to them? Okay, so um, I think it's really important to know when it's like, someone told me to this to me as well before, when to know it's like the, the season in your life is just about working your ass off. Know your seasons. Mm-hmm. So like there was a season mm-hmm. not that long ago, not that long ago at all, where I was saying yes and doing so many things, things out of my comfort zone. Just like, just like, because this is my season to say yes to things my season to do as much things i can do this is my season to figure out what i like and what i don't like and i guess when i look back to even very earlier when i was interning i was like no i don't want to be a pr no i don't want to work in the music industry it was my season to figure things out sort of thing so i think sometimes we're kind of like you only you want to be a writer so just to write okay but what other things live in that world like what other things can you do and sometimes you do it you can be good at it you can be like but i don't want to do this i don't love it Mm. like I find that with yeah. producing I can do it but I don't love it I don't love it at all yeah absolutely so and I there's think, always yeah. place for those things as well yeah exactly but it's a skill set worth having it's a skill set that served me very very well yeah and what season are you in now right now I I need to focus <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I need to focus I need to start thinking of the bigger thing the bigger things now like I need to start thinking of like things that are gonna the household namey things the things that are gonna like be stuck because there's certain things that you can peel off quite quickly but I need to start thinking about things that I want to to stick now sort of thing so I need to focus on my much bigger pictures and focus on what life looks like for me in 10 years time according to what I'm doing now When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
I want to know about your hardest day at work. It can be because of like work or it can be because of personal life or it can just be like something you really had to get through. Tell us about that hardest day. Do you know what? There's There's been one recently, actually. Um, so obviously we've been writing the book and and whilst in the season mm-hmm. of writing the book, we're writing this book during COVID, we're writing this book where all the world looks really dim and like, you know, awful outside. Yeah. And you'd think that's great, you're inside inspiration. I was like, no, it kind of just shuts you out. And then I got the news that my dad had died. And oh, no, I I'm remember so it's, oh, thank you. Um, still having the deadline. And then I was just like, no, push through, push through, just get it done. Like, you know, it is what it is. Like, you not meeting this deadline is not going to bring your dad back sort of thing. And I remember like just trying to write and obviously nothing was happening. And then because I'm such a person that's like, I will get things done sort of thing. And I don't want sympathy and blah, 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 blah. I remember having to email the editor to be like, I'm not going to meet this deadline. And I think it was like the first deadline, either the first or the second. And I was just like, I'm really sorry, but like my dad's died. I'm just not going to meet this deadline mm. sort of thing. And of course she was like, of course you shouldn't. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Don't, like, yeah, like, why would you think that it would, like, why did you even, of course don't write, like go and yeah. spend time with your family and all of that kind of stuff. So I think that was really, really hard for me because it was the first deadline, it was first or second deadline. And prior to like doing the book, I was just like, I'm going to be really good at this. I'm going to meet all the deadlines. I mean, once I missed that one, I just mm. carried on missing them. But I was like, <laughs> before this, I'd worked myself up to be like, you're going to be really good. You're going to meet, catch your deadlines. You're going to be structured. And then obviously something happens that completely throws through me, of course. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, I don't know how to deal with this. And I don't know how to carry on. Like, what happens? Do you just stop for a long time and then carry on working? Do you try to work through it? And there were times like I was still like trying to like work through it and things like that. And I remember, I think I just stopped for, for about, I was talking to my best friend and she was just like, just stop. Yeah. Like, just give yourself the like, space. Just, yeah. Just stop. Like, it doesn't, like, none of it matters. And she was like, can you mm-hmm. afford to not work for? And I was like, yeah. She was like, so stop. Mm hmm. And yeah. like, even if you couldn't afford it, you like something would, you'd work it out. Yeah. And I remember just being like, just having to make myself stop. And like, I was, I had, I was working for other companies. I had to be like, hey, this can't be done. And I'm like trying to like give away my responsibilities, I guess, of what I was meant to be doing that time. And I found that really, really hard because I felt like yeah. I was letting people down, and I was letting myself mm. down by like not being able to fulfill things I'd said I could do. Mm. Yeah, but I, I think, remember it. it was already a really busy time and then that happened and it was just like, oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, it, it, absolutely. And I think that's a, you know, as your friend said in that moment, it doesn't matter. And yeah, I think yeah, that definitely. we get so swept up in the idea that something like career progression or something, like even if you sit a year out, if you, you know, we all need to pay our bills, like, yes, of course. Yeah. But if you sit a year out where you're not pushing and you're not in the place to be pushing and you've been through stuff or your mental health isn't there or you're going through grief or whatever it might be, it, you will be fine. And like, you will do, you know, you'll still do and like all of that. And it's so mad that in those times we still like our worries straight away goes to like work. Yeah. And I mean, it's, I mean, it's sad. It's It's sad as well. Because you think like, I won't, I shouldn't care at the end of all of this. And this thing should show mm-hmm. me as well that actually that doesn't matter. Like you feel like, I used, I used to feel like I'd have to tweet every day. I'd have to put something mm. on Instagram every day. Just because it was like the industry felt so disposable. Mm. 
And I didn't want to be like, oh, if I'm just away for a bit, people, what if I don't matter anymore? What if no one's interested anymore? And I think, you know, especially with you being with you being online and with people having kind of quote unquote access to you and access to your personality and to who you are yeah. and your truths and all of that, it, it gets more and more complex because that's exactly it. It's, we are not programmed to take in this many opinions, no matter how yep. accountable you need to be, no matter how mm-hmm. nice they are with a few, you know, bad ones, or it's not even really that mean, but you just didn't want to see it that day or whatever. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah, definitely. it's, I mean, I, I think it's so interesting what you say about the visibility because I, and and you'll I, I feel like you you look back now and you think like why was that even a concern and I I mean I remember the one time like I I was like in hospital for like a prolonged oh, period God. of time and yeah I was continually posting like on Instagram like old stuff and all of this thing because I was just like I, I should step back but then I was also like you know what it's actually probably easier just like not to answer questions and to just like yep. I don't want to fall off the face of the earth and I don't want to just mm-hmm. because like this isn't okay or whatever and it's like you look back and you're like what the it's fuck insane. has happened like literally like, and ultimately no one cares anyway ultimately no one gives a shit <laughs> no, to Solani. no, no like, one's no one looking cares. on and being like what's Grace doing in that today oh where's Solani today no one's, no one's thinking that like, everyone's carrying on as normal you knob like how are you why am I why are we putting ourselves through discomfort to like feel like we need to put up an image all the time. I'm so happy I've been able to shed that and like really stand in this like I do this from, I decided in my social media a long time ago like I post what I want. Mm-hmm. Like it it is my space. Mm-hmm. This is genuinely my space. It's my password. It's my like I will post whatever brings me joy sort of thing. It's not because of what you expect to see from me. Yeah. And and I think we all like no matter what you know, because not everyone will be in the public eye or, or whatever. But I think it it's exactly that. It's that we all, not just those people whose jobs are front facing or whatever, we all need to establish these boundaries because we all have it to some extent, even if it's just to like our friends who also, you know, we also have our like primary school friends on like Instagram. Yeah. So we don't want them to see, you know, this, that and the other or, or we want them to see us looking a certain way or anything. And it's like, no. Like this page is my page. <laughs> it's going to be what I want. And I think one of the big things I, I saw you say once was about, um, you know, people constantly asking like, oh, what do you want to see from my page? And you posted yeah. something being like, post what you fucking want. Like yeah. it's your page. And I think it's so true as well because I see new people come up every day with these like amazing, unique things. And they yeah. did that because they were able to just be like, oh, it's my page, I'm going to post what I want. Like, think of, like, Mrs. Exactly. Pinch or something. Like, exactly. she wanted to clean. <laughs> so and, she and then started she did that. cleaning so she did, and posting. Literally. And, like, she wasn't posting TikTok dances because it were, you know, as in, and don't get me wrong, like, there's a value, you know, there's value in all of that, but it's exactly that. Of it's course. just being like, yeah. Yeah. be yourself. And it's all about that shaping. Like, that's exactly, that's mm-hmm. also how you made your career as well. It's do, yeah, exactly. do bring your joy and your output and what you want from it into all of your work as well. We're going to go on to some quick fire, hardly working questions. I'm just going to okay. go Netflix or a walk? Netflix. After work, a cup of tea or a glass of wine? A glass of wine. But also, every single evening, I debate with myself if I should have a tea or alcohol because I'm trying to feel like, what is the right balance here of not too much alcohol? Yeah, so like I yesterday. find the, the kind of com- like the way to combat that is by not having the discussion. <laughs> Just doing whatever your heart feels like it. No, literally yesterday I turned the kettle on and but then I went to go pick up a mug but I got a glass, like a, a wine glass out and I was like, oh no. It's a sign. It's like the BBC all over again. 
<laughs> yeah, like I think it's. I think I should have a wine. But yeah, I think um, it's a wine. It's a wine. Yeah, I mean, if we're honest, I think. Yeah, it's a wine. That's what I mean by I don't have the debate. If I don't give myself the question of whether yeah. something else would be a better option, then mm-hmm. there's no question, is there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I could just go on with my date. <laughs> um, last one: introvert or extrovert? I'm definitely an extrovert. Yeah, I, you, have you, you know always how been an extrovert? Really cool yeah, absolutely. I've always been a kid that spoke too much. I've always been a kid that got in trouble for talking too much. Um, I know there's a whole thing with people not being like, I don't like people, uh, people. I really like people. I feel like there was a big Twitter movement at one point that was like, oh, because I hate people and like all of this. And I was yeah, like, oh, I get it was all like of a my validation trait. from other people. <laughs> exactly. I, I was like, people. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not. I am not that person who was like, my personality is like, oh, I don't like, I don't like people. I just want to stay in my bed all day. I, I love staying in my bed all day, but I genuinely find people so intriguing. And I guess that's linked to, I love stories and people come mm-hmm. with stories. Yeah. And I don't see and a version of life stories, or so a version of my life. Them. Yeah. Like I'm obsessed with it. And I don't see a version of life or my life that doesn't involve, that doesn't have the involvement of people in their stories. I think that's a really yeah. sad life to have. It's like when you go out to, like when you go out to dinner with like interesting people, and you don't like want to talk about, like as in it sounds so bad it's like oh you don't want to talk about yourself but like as in when you're literally just like I just want to know more about like this story or whatever Genuinely, it is or yeah, like yeah. the most recent date you went on or like yep. how you got to where you are now and it's exactly that it's like I know how my day went <laughs> I don't want to talk about like that. tell me about yours I yeah, yeah exactly exactly like I, said, I have friends who I call because then they're not because I'm a phone I'm a phone person like, I, like I'm not really a texter I like to do a whole I like to you a while we do a two-hour conversation I know that I've done it now I don't have to do mm. bitty bit conversations with you by WhatsApp and I'll call them they'll be like what's wrong I'm like nothing I just want to talk like why does something <laughs> have to be wrong like can't we just I talk? would like to chat <laughs> yeah I would just like I, I remember literally called my friend like this week on my way home I was like you right I was like what's the matter I was like nothing <laughs> just want to chat yeah do you think that Talani on the weekends is a different person or like outside of work is a different person to Talani in work? Not at all. I am the one of those very few people that I, I'm so happy I am and never thought I would be that gets to present to myself in all of my spaces that I go to. And I, it's generally the best part of my job. Um, I can just be me everywhere. And mm-hmm. me obviously comes in so many multifacets and so many different faces, but like ultimately I can be me in everywhere I am. I remember when I used to work full time at certain jobs and I would come out and literally do a sigh, like, <sighs> like literally I step out of the office. Mm. And as soon as I stepped out, I felt like, do you know the relief you get from taking the brow off? That's how I'd feel just because I was out of that building. But then knowing that the next day- I hope you I remember, did that as well. Like, yeah, as you're coming of, out of the office, absolutely, like, flinging your brow off. Yeah, like, we literally used to feel, like, great. Just like, and now I'm out. Sometimes I remember in the mornings, I'd be walking to work and I'd be like, I hope there's a fire, I hope there's a fire. Not because I want anyone to die. I just... It's not what I was expecting, I'll be honest. I know it sounds so bad, but like, just so we didn't have, just so I didn't have to work that day. Or just Mm. so I could go back home that day. So now that I'm like in a situation where I just get to present myself as I am, I I can like, and there's something really nice, even though I don't have to concentrate on it too much because it's fleeting. Something really nice in being known that people like you for who you are. It's nice. There's something really, really, really nice about that. And I don't have to pretend. Yeah. And I think a lot of my early career. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's natural to obviously, I mean, like that. We all want to be liked. Um, yeah. And um, I think there's a key part of that as well. You know, you have created a career 
based on this kind of personal brand and like your work is valued for you and who you are mm-hmm. and what your experience is in like within that which is I mean ultimately it's it's the dream you're not gonna be no one's gonna see anything and be like oh my god I saw you know Tolly doing this on the weekend Ex- and then you're Literally, like yeah there babes, I'll talk about it next week on the podcast and that's the thing people are very aware that I will do that I often say I was mm. like, I'm friendly but I'm not your friend and that's important yeah. for me because that's a boundary that I have to have because I'm like I literally self-cannibalize on the podcast and I think sometimes people see that as being like I get the weirdest messages I remember like when I did t- say, say that I'd lost my dad because I didn't say it for ages because I was like mm. I knew what was going to come from it I didn't mention it for ages and I started getting DMs like, how does it feel? Uh, I don't talk to my dad and I'm really worried about how I'm going to feel when he dies, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, no. This access is not yours. Yeah, Yeah, no. like, n- no. Like, there was no... I've never spoken about it on the podcast. I don't talk about it. And mm. it's important that, especially when you work in something that you give yourself to, and, like, you have to create your own boundaries. You have to be like, yeah. that I'm not doing. And and how how do you, I mean, protect that? protect your mental health or protect your sanity or your kind of depiction of yourself when when people have that access to of, to you I mean it's amazing that people love you for exactly who you are but it also means that people know exactly who you are inside and out and there's part of that that's also scary yeah de- definitely it's really hard I, I can't say early days it was fine because it was like I didn't think anyone listened to the podcast so I was very like mm. and here's how I feel and here was all of these things I was very very much self and consistently but that's what, it's really weird that we are at a place where, especially women, you feel like you have to give a lot more of yourself in order to mm. be a brand. Do you know what I mean? It, it can't just be, and here's this thing I have. It's like, and here's, I'm selling me to you too. And I am this person mm. because that's what seems to sell. And yeah. that's hard. That's hard to, it, it's hard to create boundaries and be like, I'm sure you must find that because you're Grace and you have your brand as well. <sighs> but you have to, yeah. especially early days, I'm sure you felt that. Well, I feel like I'm so glad you said that because, I mean, I actually read... <laughs> I do this thing where, like, something's happening to me, so I'll read lots of studies on it to make sure that I'm not going insane. Um, yeah. And what I read a lot about is, you know, like, the idea of, like, success in women and the fact that it's, you know, you are perceived to be... You're perceived to be so much less likeable if you don't essentially provide this, like, access or don't pretend to be, like, overly humble or don't, you know, don't kind of do things that will offset the fact that you're successful. So, like, saying something and it's like, but I'm actually not very good at this or, but my, like, one thing is that I can never hold down a relationship or, like, but this, this and this. And it creates this, like, you know, and I definitely, like, leaned into it for, like, a lot of the beginning of my career. I was like, well, I'm you know, I feel like I'm very extroverted. I want to chat, I want to tell stories. So yeah. I was really happy sharing everything. And then it came to a point where I was like, this access, I it's too much. cannot have for my mental health. Like I yeah. can't have it. It's making me think things about myself that aren't even true. And it's just, I'm going insane. And oh, it's a lot. It's, it's wild though, that that's kind of in success and women and personal brands. That is like, it has to include our personal life, whereas a personal brand for a man doesn't need to be anything other than a It doesn't like, need to be a thing, yeah. Or a... It's like, yep, I'm selling this pen, go and buy this pen. But for me, I feel like I have to be like, this pen I used to write to my notes my, to my lover. Like, <laughs> my I have like letters. <laughs> like, these pen writes the notes to my, you know, to my late love of the night. Like, it's just, everything has to come with a story. And mm. why? Yeah, but that's, I mean, why can't you just for be me, happy with what I give you? And that's why I find really hard sometimes. Take what yeah. I give you. 
Yeah, and I think that is, because I've always thought, because obviously the receipts is so open and so like sharing and it's real life stories and it's real life opinions and real life feelings. And I can imagine because, I mean, I... I mean, I'm sure I didn't have it anywhere on the same scale or whatever it was, but I just got to a point where I was like, I need to choose my mental health and sanity over my quote unquote success within this field. I was Mm -hmm. like, this access needs to go because I'm not, I'm not giving it anymore. Like it's not with my permission anymore. And therefore like, I I guess I'll just throw it away. Yeah, but literally. It's such a strange like decision to make. Information you gave people. Yeah, and so within that, it just got to a point where I was like, okay, I need to be selective about this. And then I was like, I don't want to be selective about this. If I'm going to be doing this, I want to be doing this. And so mm-hmm. kind of just got to a point where I was like, you know what? This is not, this was right for me at one point and is not right for me now. And I have yeah. to make the decision to compromise probably short-term income and opportunity and all of this for the fact that I <laughs> will <laughs> live and be happy. Yeah, and and that outweighs it every time, every time. And, you know, there's part of that as well where it's like, I shouldn't have to give my all and like bear everything inside me to also be successful or to yeah. have people appreciate me for me or think I'm not a bitch. Mm-hmm. It's like, off you go then. <laughs> yeah, like I shouldn't have to like, and especially with trauma, I shouldn't have to sell my trauma to you for me to mm. be likable. Mm. Big one. Like, well, you share the good times, you have to share the bad times. No, I bloody don't. Mm. And especially when it's often then, you know, the way the internet works is it's kind of commoditized and like sold back to you or, yep. you, you know, used in certain ways. And it's like, okay, you know what? We had our fun. Yep. <laughs> I, I will You've ruined it now. <laughs> you, this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> Thank and you. it's so funny because it's like, there's so many nice people on the internet, genuinely so many nice people, but it's just a few people that are like, you know, you've made this you've ruined it I'm not doing this anymore yeah no absolutely and I think it is so important to protect um and I just well I want to say thank you so much for coming on it has been fantastic to hear from you about all your work I I mean you say you love telling stories I fucking I think you should write like a well I was about to say I think you should write a book I literally have your book well done it now (laughs) (laughs) but uh, you know all of the like work stories and everything it is it's so within you and you tell them so fantastically and I I mean just through and through it's so clear why people love you so much even if it is because it's all oversharing it's it's a lot of oversharing and pouring my own heart out but it's fine it's fine i'll take it all back once i have a husband and kids oh thank you so much well it's been so great to have you on and make sure everyone on this you go and buy the keep the receipts book i'm not sure whether it will still be on pre-order or out by the time this episode comes out mainly because i don't have dates but yeah, that's one. fine. Just make sure to grab it. Yep, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Just go and buy it. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be amazing. Yeah, got the book coming out. Keep the receipts that you can buy, and the podcast and um, the receipts podcast is on every Wednesday. Oh, it's it's on. You can just listen to it whenever you want. But new <laughs> episodes come out every Wednesdays, and the other podcast that I do, Ten Ten Would Recommend, which is me recommending Netflix shows, is out every Fridays. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, babe. That was amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Working Hard, Hardly Working. I have been Grace Beverly and you can find me at Grace Beverly, L-E-Y, remember that one, on Instagram and on LinkedIn if you are that way inclined. Please, after listening to this episode, it really, really helps if you can leave a review, particularly on Apple Podcasts. That seems to be the best way to help out a podcast at the moment. But please like the episode, subscribe, share it, tag me, tag your friends, 
do whatever you want to do but spread the word and let me know what you'd like to see next on any of my social platforms just get in touch I'd love to talk about some more interesting things so shoot your suggestions my way and I will see you next time planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.